Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk a bunch of animated shows and movies here with new podcasts every other Wednesday. Find everything about us at OverlyAnimated.com. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And April Collins will be joining us later for our main topic on Soul. Uh, very excited to get into the latest Pixar release, Soul. Going to go through everything from that movie, which just came out a few days ago on Disney Plus. Um, we are before that going to get into a few different things we've been watching that have came out recently as well. You can find timestamps uh, for the different topics in the podcast podcast description, and as I mentioned, overlyanimated.com for all of our information here. Um, we're going to jump right into some things. At the top, I wanted to mention that this is coming out on this podcast coming on December 30th. And th- that night, our win, the winners of our end of year, uh, TV animation awards are going to be revealed. Um, so if you've not seen them, check out overlyanimated.com to see what they are. We are recording this a few days before, so I do not know yet uh, what they are. <laughs> it's a mystery. So we can't really comment on them yet. Um, but uh, I mean, I could say what it's between, but you know, we could just you could just check out uh, check out see what the winners are. It's exciting. The, the six shows that got nominated for best show, I think, are very deserving. Um, we got Hilda nomination. We got a bunch. We got a oh yay yeah. So, uh, but I, I think it was it was a good set of of nominations. Excited to see what the winners are. So yeah, check out check out what the winners are. Um, but uh, next thing I think we want to get into Michelle is. The big uh, drop of Onyx Equinox episodes that were just released by Crunchyroll. The show was being released weekly, and then Crunchyroll said, nah, we're going to drop <laughs> the rest. Why do they do that? I don't know. It's a little, a little strange to me to just dump the rest all at once, but I mean, I'm glad very, to have it. Very strange. I've never seen this before, but <laughs> they did it. So we are. We previously talked about the first two episodes of Onyx Equinox a month ago, and now we have the rest of season one. Um, we're going to very briefly, we're gonna, I mean, this isn't our main topic. We're going to very briefly have a spoiler free in case you want to know our thoughts on the season overall. If you want to check it out, it is available, I think for free with ads or no ad subscription on Crunchyroll. Um, but, uh, and check out our first of the, the, po- the podcast a month ago if you want our initial thoughts on the show. And then we'll get into spoilers because I'm sure we have some things we want to briefly yell about. Um, probably in a good way. And I don't mean bad yelling. Um, but, uh, yeah. So let, let's, let's quickly do, uh, talk about Onyx. Michelle, you, I think you just finished the season. What's the spoiler free <laughs> overall, uh, Onyx thoughts? Oh, man. I mean, whatever I expected this show to be, it, it definitely didn't disappoint and went in a lot of directions I was very pleasantly surprised about. Uh, I'm trying, I'm really trying to make this non-spoilery. Um, High-level thoughts, I mean... I I still really love the animation. I still love like the music there, especially in the last like five ish episodes. There were some scores that I was just like, yeah, like yeah, we're gonna like it's just it was so exciting. I was having so much fun, even though there was so much like murder and creatures getting ripped apart all the time. I mean, it was just a great atmosphere. Um, I will say like honestly, one of the things that ended up being a big pleasant surprise, but it's just like all the interpersonal relationships and how much freaking time they spent on like it showing everyone's different motivations and how they all 
are trying to fit into this like group together and how like you know like maybe not everyone's trustworthy but they have like reasons for that and it all like makes sense even though it's gonna cause problems later and I just I love that attention for 12 episodes it seemed like that was a pretty high priority for them for this season and I think it was time very well spent because I mean I I feel like I really know all these kids now and that's fantastic for just 12 episodes nice yeah I did yeah I I loved Onyx um I think uh it was airing weekly and uh they the exact point in which they dropped the rest of the season is like when I thought the season got much better so that was like a weird Mm. (laughs) uh like I was much more into the the (laughs) binge episodes Yeah, but in a bad way. Like you should do the opposite. You should release weekly the good episodes. <laughs> but no, not they're all they're all good. It's just like we we have to. It's like meet the characters episodes. I think that's where all these adventure shows are a little struggle a little bit in the beginning. Um, but uh, once we got into the plot, I think in the second half of the season is really good. The second half of the season, I was really into it. So I definitely recommend um, Onyx. Anyone checks it out. This is like. Uh, in certain ways, adult Avatar: The Last Airbender, like very adult, like. Yes that yeah it's, it's very much a sh- an adventure show in the vein of avatar or shira or kipo shira. except yeah. they say they drop f-bombs multiple times per episode like oh this swearing was a delight i loved every single f-bomb that was dropped it, it relieved so much tension after <laughs> all the murder that would happen every episode I loved it. Like, we need more of this. More swears all the time, please. Yeah, there's a lot of gore if that. So if you if I mean, gore is not my thing, but still, we've seen the gore in Castlevania. I've never seen this much cursing in a show like this because like like in uh, Bojack, they get one F-bomb a season. Right. And then in Rick and Morty, everything's bleeped out. This is just constant curse. Oh, my goodness. Somehow it like fits like the tone of the show, though, that they're just like this situation sucks so we're gonna say it sucks okay it's, i mean we amazing. we don't get the curses though unlike the show oh, no, so, we it's don't. Gonna, so we'll we'll get michelle bleeped out too in this okay podcast. Yeah, go, yeah, uh the the yeah it's it's i i know I, I definitely recommend it i have some specific things we want to get into um though so yeah let's put up a spoiler warning for onyx equinox season one and there's a lot of plots so don't keep listening if you haven't seen it check the podcast description for the timestamp of when the next topic starts to skip ahead or skip ahead a few minutes um probably is what it will take but okay um spoiler warning starting now michelle what's your you you just watched the finale how do you think the season ended (laughs) oh my god i mean i honestly i i thought this was gonna be a mini series so i thought there wasn't gonna be any more but it was such an open hanging cliffhanger like i mean oh my god there's so much unresolved and i love that because yeah like there was no way they were gonna tie this up and not leave me wanting so i'm glad there's at least a chance for more i really hope they get a second season because those cuts are so angry this is amazing i mean honestly like because i just like blazed through the last like six all in a row like hot yaddles like really on my mind right now i can't i cannot believe michelle michelle never never has oh no he's hot been more true about human yaddle yeah I guess from a cool cat to a cool man and in his hair oh my god that hairstyle and he's so built and like oh my god but like the I love um the thing with Yaddle it's like it, as much as I like the the character work they've done for all the kids like they did so much for Yaddle specifically because way back in like I swear it was episode three 
Like, he's having a conversation with the gods, and they're planting that seed of, like, you don't remember, but, like, maybe you used to be a man at one yeah, point. Yeah, they said that earlier. Maybe, yeah. like, your conscience is going to happen at some point. And then you see, that, you see that progression throughout the series, and it's, like, the wonderful classic thing where, like, the gruff non-human person's like, oh, I gotta do this dumb thing for this dumb person. I don't like them. And by the end, he says, like, I'm proud of you, Izel. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> he like, chooses Izel in the end over his former uh, yeah. lover, yeah. I know, it's huge! Because Izel was, like, a lot in the beginning. And I love, like, very early on, I think it was also season, or episode three, they were like, wow, these, like stepbrothers I guess of his elves you're like wow you're really annoying and you suck and we don't like you and we don't want to help you I'm like wow it's like they reached into my brain and said all the bad thoughts I had about Azel <laughs> and just threw at him but Azel himself he, like he grows so much and it, it was believable because he didn't do that obnoxious thing a lot of protagonists do where like they start off if they're not very good at anything they become the best and they outshine everyone else on their team. And it's all about them. It's the protagonist show. And everyone else is just window dressing. No, like, he kills maybe three things. <laughs> that is it. Everyone else is doing the heavy work, kicking balls and, like, smashing. Or, like, the, you got, the ball like, really does most of the work, though. Instead yeah, the ball's wins. a lot of work, but also, oh, God, I might butcher her name. But my, one of my favorite characters, Yanya, she, like, yeah. oh, my God, she's, like, so much going on. And they, so, like, it, I love that Izil's final thing was just being, like, okay, everything's been explained to me. I know I'm just a pawn, so my ultimate FU is to just not do what you want. Because I don't want to, I don't want to, like, benefit either of you. And you can kill us if you want, but, like, I'm, like, screw you, basically. And that is the ultimate power move for him. Yeah, did you, yeah, did you like his decision at the end? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't want everyone to get murdered, but it's like, the gods are established as so powerful in this show. Like, there's no getting around them. I don't think there's a way to defeat them, at least not right now, not without more help from more humans. So, there was no way to have a guarantee they would have let them survive, even if they did close the gates. Because at that point, all the gods were on the other side of the gates, so they would just would have been stuck in the human world if the gates closed anyway, right? So they might have still killed them. It seemed like the smartest thing to do, honestly. So I'm proud of Zell. I'm like, yeah, just just give them the middle finger and then just run run really far away and see what happens. Yeah, I, I think the two that aren't the Queen of the Underworld wouldn't have been stuck yet. But it seems like the one that was on the side of the humans was nice, but and I, I don't know. You can't trust the gods. I you like definitely can't the trust them, yeah. Thing, right? And the, the short term of his decision is the, the meaner of the two is going to definitely try to kill all the humans, which seems not good. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was very bloodthirsty. And I was shook that the Axolotl was his brother. Like, I did not. Like, they tied so But then he doesn't turn back into it, right? He's still the... I, I don't know if it's temporary or not. Does he I have know to remember? That. I was confused. Maybe? Yeah. Um, no, I was also like, what? I didn't expect such an open-ended ending. That was like the main thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I guess it wasn't stated it was a miniseries, but I just assumed like all these Crunchyroll, all these Crunchyroll shows, like you can't assume you're getting more seasons from this like super new studio. Um, so I like, I, and I don't think they're in production yet on a new season, although their this crew's been tweeting out that, uh, they, they want to do more and, um, you should support the show and treat at, treat at, treat at Crunchyroll, which I think totally should do. Love an Onyx Equinox season two. Um, 
But that was kind of my first reaction was like, oh, I would have loved a more definitive ending, I think. Um, but given that it was open-ended, I think it's pretty interesting. I think his decisions were interesting. I would love to just leave so much to be desired from future seasons of, uh, of yeah. Onyx. Um, and yeah, a lot of interesting things went into Azel's decision. I don't know if like all of the aspects were presented super specifically. It's like a lot happening at once. Um, uh, but it was, it was interesting regardless. I thought, uh, yeah, that, the the second to last episode, episode 11, probably the standout one with the backstory for the the queen of the underworld and hot yowdle, um, was, uh, it was, it was, you agree. He was a hot yowdle. Oh, super hot yowdle. Oh yeah. Oh, super hot yowdle. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, 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 the romance and then him being taken away. And then just, the, you know, trying to connect the Queen of the Underworld to the first scene of the season. She was the one that precipitated the yeah, slaughter in the first episode. Yeah. 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 I love all that. Because, like, I was kind of wondering, like, are there any, like, female, like, gods in this universe? Or, or maybe not. And, like, and kind of like, no, but she created feet. her own path. Yeah. So that's yeah. And she, like, started off as a human. And now it's, like, and I love that just, like, the fact that even when she thought, like, oh, like, you know, I'll kill my, my stupid husband who's sucks and kidnap me like then i'm gonna get it on with hot yaddle who's immortal now and get rid of that cat stuff it's gonna be fine and when plan. he has his memory back he's like no like yeah. you've changed i've changed Sad. like life has happened to us we cannot go back to that place we it's were because really... we're not those people it's so real though like that's it's tragic yeah it's tragic thing. but it made a lot of sense yeah it's tragic but it made a lot of sense so i really appreciated that yeah, it was it was a, a, a big big end of, uh, ending with those last two episodes, and then just the whole plot. I mean, the the one where you kill yeah. killed the king of the underworld that was like uh, episode eight, two right? So there's a lot happening uh, yeah. at the end. Um, the there's the uh, the previous episode they were in the underworld, and there's a lot of amazing monster designs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I okay, we have I didn't talk about my fave Shinastaku. She finally oh, yeah. happened in the binge episodes. Uh, she, they introduced she her did. so late, but uh, she was incredible. Um, <laughs> you were waiting with bated. I said in the first podcast, I was standing her before she appeared, and I was absolutely correct. She's the best character. I love her so much. Uh, like, she has wings. She is. She has and she she's healing power. She's got everything. Evil healing powers. You have to kill someone. To, like, it's great. Uh, like, she, I, mean, I love that, though, because, like, I always, like, I find magic so frustrating shows when there's no, like, ramification. You just have magic out of nowhere, and it's fine. You can do anything. I love the the kind of magic where it's, like, you need to, like, take something to give something. There's always that cost yeah. of equal balance, and it's so good. Yeah, I think I think that was the that felt felt right for the show, and also it's like a raw power for her. I would have loved to have gotten into her magic, her her magic and stuff more. I need need to see more Shinasuku. That's why we need Onyx season two. So need more more Shinasuku. Also, I was like, are any of my ships going to happen, Michelle? Uh, do you have any ships? Well, your ship. from- okay, I had two two main oh, ships. No. Well, I have a ship I think is happening, but I don't know if I support it because it's the person I dislike the most. And that's well, what about Kim. Hot, hot, hot Yaudel and uh, the Queen <laughs> of the Underworld? No, hot but Yaudel, Kin, yeah, who, who do you show, who do you think is happening with Kin? Or I, I, I think Shinastaku is because oh, oh, sorry, she healed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like they and I, Kin is the more obnoxious brother. I like long-haired brother. Yeah, yeah, Yoon. Look- yeah. He's no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Kin and Shinasu. I think if anyone, Yoon and Shinasu. But no, I have two Izel ships. Izel. 
And Yoon is I that was my OTP. Is that they have oh, a, sweet Jesus? Is that just because they're about the same age? Is that literally the only? I mean, reason? I don't I actually don't know if they're the same age. I think that's the they're barrier. about but the no, same height. In episode nine, they have a really sweet scene where uh, yeah, I don't, like girl. he's the nice twin, and they're really. I thought I was like, are we are we doing this? Like I totally think a male male romance would fit the show, especially with these. I mean, um, like I, mean, I, I thought I, I thought that's the one I actually think we would be most likely to do. But I also he's shift, the nicest. He was the nicest to Azale yeah, from the start, definitely. which is it's, fantastic. Nice equals romance if you have ship goggles. On. So yeah, I mean, nice equals hopefully a good foundation for Found, a romance yeah, well, yeah, at that, least. That yeah, I also think Izel and Shinastiku is also possible. That was the other one that I was shipping. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a good one. Uh, Shinastiku and Ziania, that's another possibility. Ziania, oh my god, Ziania! Can we like talk about like again, like these characters she all have a very so tragic backstory. Yeah, and she's got this lizard power, which yeah. is also amazing. I mean, like, I love, I love that she's like, oh, can we trust her or not? And then, like, oh no, it's gonna break up the band, but then it doesn't. And I love that, like, that's not even fixed. Like, shit, the season is the lizard, it just runs away. And it's so sad because I think she was one of the more, like, practical people in their group, honestly. And that was one of the things she brought to the table. Plus, she's just, like, brute forcing her way through all those fights. And that's so exciting. I love, I don't know. I I love the relatively equal gendering of this group. It's just really refreshing, honestly. Maybe it's sad that it's so refreshing still after so much time, but I'm just like, yeah, you guys, cool ladies in here too. Yeah, it's nice that they're the they're the two ladies in there. I would have I would have introduced Shinastiku in, in, instead of the twins early on. I don't know. That's my bias, though. But um, she's like. They, they only have one thing. They got the ball. She's got like so much going on. She probably I, know, could, like, I needed more time with with her in the in the beginning. But um, I think she's like too powerful though. She would have like fixed too many problems too. Early. <laughs> I, I like that logic. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe that was it. Um, yeah, I think I think those were my, uh, they, you talk about the music, the end credits. That it's that is really like the best end credits song yeah, I've ever heard, and they integrated into several uh, tracks throughout the end of the season that were playing <laughs> during the show. Yeah. There's like a more sober version and there's a more uplifting version during a fight sequence. And like I was saying before, I really do think it's such a nice palate cleanser because like it's always them with like their families or like them back home doing stuff. And it's like so removed from all the fighting and devastation of this God nonsense. And I really like that because like a lot of these like endings of episodes are like a big scary cliffhangers and then like the nice like flutes and drums come in and you just gotta get a moment to kind of like pace yourself yeah. and I, I appreciate it i thought it was well planned yes it is good um yeah i think i think that those are all the the main things but yeah i didn't idea yeah, didn't expect it to be such like open-ended i definitely really would love to yeah. didn't expect it to be part one of this longer journey but i'd really love to continue that um yeah, i want to I mean, see like I want to see more of the gods like siding with this band of humans and like taking down the bloodthirsty bro God, because I feel like we're getting there. I feel like honestly, Izel like had some really good points he made when he was like flipping them off metaphorically and refusing to do their bidding. And like maybe they'll stew on that, even though they see humans as ants. Like maybe there's some smart ants and they'll li- they'll listen to them. Yeah, seems like a temporarily ally with the nicer of the two main ones or the yeah. queen, possibly. Yeah, I think those would that be. So much damage. Like, can you imagine? It's just been humans running around doing all this nonsense. You got like two gods in a fight with you you're pretty like unstoppable i would imagine 
Yeah, I think especially the queen. I feel like they would have worked yeah. if, if if their their goal did not contradict with her losing her power, like which was uh, that was a big uh, conflict point at the end. I think that would have been good. But yeah, any any last onyx thoughts, Michelle? We didn't talk about the axolotl. It was a very cute. Axolotl. Mentioned, yeah, we mentioned yeah, Menke. Man- yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Very- yeah, the 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 backstory. Yeah, I didn't fully grasp what he's he's the twin of that. Yeah, I, I still don't really get yeah, it, but. I guess he's like a nicer guy, so that's why he turned him into an axolotl to like not kill but him. He was, but, but he was the queen's dog guy before before oh, that. Wait, is that true? Oh no, that was I my interpretation. Read who he was. Yeah, I'm confused. No, but he was still the twin. But at first, he was okay. I might be wrong, but the yeah. problem with the gods sometimes is that like because they keep choosing different bodies to inhabit. If they're if they're yeah, I'm very confused to break too, down so, enough, yeah. like it's hard to know who's who. A lot and, of- and I also just don't know any of their names, which I mean, it's like <laughs> it's it's a stupid English bias and stuff. But it's, I it's yeah, like I, I they needed like to display them on the screen somewhere because I I don't I I still can't tell you who any of their names are. I could only tell who Aaron's person was, and I hate that I know who the voice actor is because it, it really <laughs> changed my perspective. Of yeah, the I noticed person. he was like, one of them. Yeah. Oh, like that's a cool god, and now I'm like, oh no, it's a gamer man. Like I, <laughs> I want to not know these things. They break my immersion. <laughs> that broke your immersion. Okay. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Anything else? This is a great show. Please, everyone, go watch it. Even if you listened to all the spoilers and you haven't seen it, like trust Still me, worth it's it, like, yeah. It's a really good first season. And, like, again, they build up these character relationships and spend a lot of time on them. And everyone has things going on outside of Azel, which, again, is just really nice and refreshing that all these relationships are being built on at the same time with different people. And it's good. It's good TV. It's good. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of strong character work. Um, So, yeah, give us season two Crunchyroll. And, of course, please, hashtag release High Guardian Spice. Like, come on. Like, uh wow release our guardian space okay uh let's let's talk summer camp island um because uh hbo max continuing to release these new chunks of episodes in arcs uh that are like arcs in the show which is really taken me aback has uh the fact that summer camp island completely episodic one at a time episode seasons one to season three we have three arcs now and we got the aliens and the yetis arc Mm-hmm. Um, my question is like, is this the whole season three? Are we going to continue to? I don't know what the next thing is. Basketti, Michelle know. might know. Um, I don't. don't you've been seen. You've been seen episodes. Basketti. Wow, nice. Um, I've been holding myself back. Do you know? Do you know if the? I mean, I don't. I don't even know if they're in production on a season four. Like, my thing is like, if they're doing arcs, is this the last season? Like, is this the wrap up season? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, I part of the thing is like when the first arc happened, it made so much sense just because it was like the backstory we needed for information surrounding magic and the island and why everything is the way it is. But beyond that, like the arc structure, I'm not sure why we're getting all these mini arcs for characters if it's not leading up to something significant. Yeah, but I don't know. It is a little. It is a game changer. This format switch. It's a, it's a game changer. It makes sense with the revelation that the campers are magic. So now we're going to visit yeah. each of the kind of categories of magic and the camper that fits into them. I, I assume that's what we're doing. Um, but uh, it's but it, I, I love it though. I love it so far. Part of that. So why do we have an alien arc? Yeah, that's They're true. Not the alien, yeah, that's true. The aliens, uh, <laughs> even though they should be camp, but they uh, should be. Yeah, that's true. The aliens arc doesn't really relate. to <laughs> I mean, it's great. I, I mean, honestly, I love. I might have preferred the alien arc, even though I yeah. love Lucy as a character, just because like the aliens are on their honeymoon, and it's yeah. just so ridiculous. And the salt stuff, it's just. 
I mean, I just loved aliens that came yeah, and puddle OTP. Do anything together. Yeah, it was great. The, well, they made new intros for both of the arcs, and in addition yeah. to the previous arc, they, both of these new new intros are super the lyric. Cute. The lyrics were they with the yeah. wah wah yeti one. That was the incredible. Um, oh, yeah, also, I know you're really like that one. It is a really nice like when it, it first happens. It's like OMG, yes. yeah, it was OMG. But also the aliens <laughs> intro is also amazing. I love that too. Um, but yeah, Puddle and the King are great in that one, and uh, Susie has her like jo- Jonathan uh, gag at the end. I think that's really funny too. Yeah, yeah. look in the with her i mean like Susie mystifies me so is she like rebounding on ramona at this point with jonathan who's basically just like a scarecrow or whatever she's in... still it's a weekend of bernie's situation i guess but uh yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> maybe uh but yeah he's I, yeah i think she is just rebounding from ramona i think that is exactly what's happening there, there's more there's more king and puddle stuff in the yeti arc too because uh we we learned that the, i think the king had a boyfriend before puddle that was my <laughs> yeah and then he went on that Arizona road trip with the older Yeti. And I'm like, yo, that's like, that's a really good idea to <laughs> get over your feelings to just go to Arizona and watch the night sky. That sounds great. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all in the episode with the like f- thing that you think is a funeral. I really like that episode. And, yeah! the, and then it's like the, the message at the end is like we're celebrating people while they're alive, not when they're uh, well, when they die, which I really love that that concept. Um, also has the the Sherbert snow heart cloud, which is my favorite thing. It's in the whole. Um, I loved knowing like what young yetis are classified as. So like a baby yeti's a yum, yeah, and a group of baby yetis is a hum. Well, a group of yetis period is a hum, and then a group of baby yetis is a scrum. And I just like somehow that all makes complete sense, and I think it's adorable. That is adorable. Yeah, all the all the Yetis. I mean, the whole show is adorable. But yeah, the, the Yeti yeah. stuff was really good. Uh, we got we got Scotty the Cloud Puncher returned. Uh, I love Scotty. Yeah, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, I, I like that. And yeah, Lucy was really good in in the arc. Um, oh yeah, also just Oscar was so good in this. He was like in the first episode. He has this whole jet lag gag he's doing. Oh my like, god, you're so dramatic, Oscar. Like, it's oh so my god, Oscar. it's I so lo- good. And everyone's just tolerating it. They're just. No, they I also love, love how Hedgehog's like tolerating his shenanigans when they're That's covering their the King of Puddle. She's like, please, like <laughs> this one time. I know it's like the precursor for being your friend, but can we? Can I not pay the ticket entry this one trip? And then of course she has to pay it because <laughs> it's, it's so Oscar. Good. Uh, I'd st- I'm still interpreting Oscar as like he's he's just like such a little flamboyant gay kid. Like it's so amazing. Like that's my like I I think that's the I, I was living for his uh his old jet lag thing. Um, I I, I think we're I think we're due for a uh, hedgehog's arc coming up. That's my that's my prediction is a werewolf uh, thing. Um, I'm curious how long it'll because like Lucy got what like four or five episodes for her arc. That's a lot. Like I wonder how many hedgehogs because she's got two things right. She's got her magic and being a werewolf. So how much time does she need to adequately explore both of those? But does it also mean we're gonna get like a freaking pepper arc? Like what is that even? I think so. I think we will get a pepper. What about the alligator girl? Like we know nothing about her from the first two seasons. How about Max? Most importantly, Max. When's he? I don't even know what magic he is. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, so he's a bat. Yeah. This is magic. Good question. He's a bat. Yeah, he's a bat. So uh, yeah, we'll see if there's more arcs. I don't know. Is HBO Max releasing something today? I guess they wouldn't. Did it come out last Thursday? Yeah, I think so. So we'll see if they do something yeah, this Thursday. 
they're not communicating about when things are coming out. Um, okay, but yeah, any any other summer camp? I'm, I'm just really enjoying this this uh, new arc structure yeah, in season like three it. of summer camp. Yeah, I'm I, like I have questions where this is going, but I'm mostly just enjoying the ride. And I I will I'm honestly shook how pretty those new intros are for each of the arcs. Like they're very detailed, and and I'm just like wow, like they really went hard for these, and I appreciate that. Some shows never change their intro because it's too expensive. Summer Camp is changing it every yeah. three episodes now. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know how they're doing that. I don't know how they're doing it. It's it's it's. I think it's worth it though. It's been really I fun think having the new yeah. intro. Yeah. So, but really enjoying Summer Camp. It's it's fun that it's being released weekly. Like we'll see how long that keeps going. But the show has always been binge released. Never has not been. Mm-hmm. So this has been fun. Um, okay, last thing I want to mention was uh, Ruby had its mid-season finale, uh, and they're going to take a few months off because of, uh, you know, production delays and stuff. Uh, I, I, we expect this going into next year. Every show is going to come back later than you'd expect, because um, everyone's working from home. Um, but uh, yeah, mid-season finale, I guess, just wanted to highlight that Ruby did something that we have been asking them to do for a long time. Specifically, Maddie, last season on uh, the Ruby podcast, was like, uh, there's a character who we know because of things said on Twitter is trans and may and she uh has never been said as it's never been stated in the show so we're we're everyone's like you should say it in the show Maddie's been talking about this a lot and so they finally do explicitly talk about may as being trans in this episode um so I wanted to uh, acknowledge that and give kudos to the show for actually doing that and doing it in a pretty decent way um by, by oh, God. Most, most accounts I've seen uh very minor character not like this is like a land, landmark representation but really there's like no no trans characters in any show we talk about so the fact that you know there would be in high guardian spice if country released it um but uh in uh, the back to hashtag release high guardian spice but uh may is uh <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense if people are skipping i don't understand podcast, this hashtag but, at all um it's i don't know if they, it's it's pretty self-explanatory uh but yeah so it's it's good that ruby did that and this is a big mid-season finale and uh they just I, I was just struck by they're doing there's like 25 different plots happening at once and ruby very young justice like not as good but uh, as, no, as the young just but it's just so many things happening but uh it's, it's, it's a continuing trend of ruby i think the season being stronger than than i'd expected um so yep we'll be coming back to ruby i think in like february or something when when uh, the season resumes um other than that i think we are ready to head into our main discussion on soul so let's throw over to that Okay, let's move on to our main discussion topic now, which is going to be Soul, the big new Pixar animated release on Disney Plus, um, directed by Pete Docter, uh, just came out on Christmas. We're now joined by April Collins as well. Hello, April. Hi. Yes, and we've all seen Soul. Very excited to talk about it. Huge release here and one that came out on the streaming service first. So, you know, I think everyone is, has seen it a, a pretty big, uh, widely visible. Um, uh, I, f- I feel like one of the, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, in my view, it's like uh, everyone, more people have seen it now that it's available online right away versus in the theaters. But I don't know if that's true. Well, and you didn't have to pay for this one, right? Yeah. Also, it's, it is, <laughs> it's not a uh, Moana and apparently what they're, not Moana, the um, Mul- Mulan, 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 Mulan and what, they're, yeah. what they're planning on doing for Raya, which is you have to pay like $15 to, in addition to having Disney Plus, they just released Soul um for normal disney plus uh interested to see how they handle it in the future especially with hbo max not charging a premium for any of their uh, simultaneous releases um coming up but anyway okay so we're gonna get into soul um i think we're gonna start off generally 
spoiler free, but I well, you can put up a spoiler uh, warning right here in the beginning, um, which is uh, spoilers for all of Soul, just to be safe. Because <laughs> I think just, I, just I, I'm, I'm anticipating some potential uh, general thoughts in the. It's, I think it's hard to talk about this movie and your open, yeah. overall thoughts and yeah. without getting to the end. So spoilers for all of Soul. Um, we're gonna t- check it out. Like if you if you're like, oh, should I check it? I think we're all gonna say like, definitely worth checking out yeah. at the very least. So yeah. if you want, if you're like waiting for that, you can get and and also pretty pretty short film. So not a lot of barriers other than having disney plus i think to, to getting into soul here um okay all that being said we're into spoilers uh but we're going to start off with some initial overall thoughts just kind of 30 seconds did you enjoy soul and maybe like what was like uh something that stands out about it to you um april what do you think i liked soul uh something i guess that stands out about it or if i'm gonna try and keep this as spoiler free as possible um is that it's not like any other pixar movie in my opinion um i mean yeah it's still animated and everything like that but the story is a lot different and so i think for some people that could be it's like off-putting but i loved it like i really enjoyed it so Nice. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah, I think we're going to dig into potentially. Yeah, so I was like, we'll from... dig into <laughs> yeah. But I, I was like, this is like my brief, like, how did you like it? This okay. is how yeah. I like it. And I also think I'm interested to see how easy of a movie this is to talk about. Um, some high, high, well, high level well, things about life it's trying to comment on. So uh, maybe, well, maybe we'll get into all of yeah, this. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, did you like Soul? I I did like Soul, and I'll even say this is the most I've liked a Pixar slash Disney movie in a couple of years. I I mean, it's hard to even like. I liked it more than Coco, and I really liked Coco. So if that's any consolation of <laughs> my my scale of whatever personal enjoyment, um, one thing I, I specifically liked about this movie is how many. Just, like, moments they took to just, like, let, like, the reality of small daily things just kind of matter and feel weighty and important. And that does tie into the greater messaging of, like, the the narrative of the movie. But it just, like, I don't know. I think that's something, for example, that we always kind of applaud um, Ghibli movies for capturing so well. Just like the the joy of every everyday beauty, um, and I really felt that at, at certain points during this movie, which was kind of a pleasant surprise, and it helped kind of ground it, but also like <laughs> I don't know because it's so gorgeous. Like animations come so far, like everything was just so gorgeous looking at the same time. So even when something with like a little leaf would fall down and end up being a big deal, even just that just felt really nice. Plus like. I was really feeling Rona, like watching this movie and just like seeing people walk around and just like have oh, a, a real yes. normal life in the city like, with that. Song. What's what's the what's the what's the Rona? What is it? explain? The coronavirus. COVID nineteen. <laughs> I thought you were doing a foam a FOMO. This is what the cool thing. kids okay. call it now, Dylan. Okay. What Gen Z calls it, Rona. Is that okay. yeah? You and yeah. We, we okay okay. That's like personifying it in a way. <laughs> It, it, like, 
You better look out for Rona. She's crazy. Oh, Rona always messing with things Whatever up. Rona wants to yeah, be. Yeah, I was like, who's Rona? Is that one of the souls? Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> I, Dylan, it's okay, because I know Joe had that same thought. I was like, who's Rona? And then I was like, oh, the Corona virus. Corona, okay. Got it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's a, I also really, really like Soul. Uh, to, to conclude the opening thoughts here, I, it, uh, my favorite Pixar movie in quite a while. We're gonna, we can get into specifics in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I just, I liked how, um, uh, how real life this was, how realistic. I think, like, not yeah. realistic in terms of, um, like a realistic depiction of life. Although I do think it was that, just like very much grounded in in day to day life. Um, not a lot of fantasy stuff. Uh, I was, you know, I was worried that from trailers and stuff, a lot of it would take place in more, some of the more fantasy or whatever magic sequences, whatever was going to happen there. Um, but I think the thing I was most impressed with the movie is like most of it is is on Earth and uh, with this this community and an incredible display of the black cast and all these incredible black characters in the in the movie. Um, I was really impressed with with, with Soul all around. I'm. Uh, uh, I, th- I think uh, one one of the most impressive kind of like Western animated movies in in quite a while, um, along with Wolf Walkers, which I've been really high on this year. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah b- big big year for the best animated feature uh, release. But I don't know if we'll get into that. Uh, but let's uh, let's uh, we can we can talk about this in like the context of Pixar movies. I feel like that's another way of talking about it overall. Soul uh, because. Um, you know, just, just people, I think most people have seen a lot of Pixar movies, uh, just a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on what their I, favorites are. And I was uh, going to say, I definitely agree with that. And just in like the reviews that I've gotten from other people, like, like my husband, for example, he's like, oh, like he would not describe this as like one of Pixar's best movies. Um, and I think that's just because like Pixar has given itself this sort of name. It's, I mean, it's not like any other Pixar movie and I don't think it, it's really fair to it to compare it to others just because like the content is so different. Like it's very, like it's, it's a totally different like beast in, <laughs> in yeah, and of I think, itself. I think probably <laughs> the closest is Inside Out. Uh, in terms of yeah, what it's that's, for. that's that's what like he was comparing it to, and he's like, oh, it's kind of like a knockoff Inside Out, and I was like, no, it's not. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same for sure. But I could see it as like a spiritual predecessor. Yeah. yeah. From from interviews I've read with Pete Doctor, he was like, after Inside Out, he was like, well, I, he, he was like, I I did it with this movie. This is what I wanted to do making movies, so I'll do something <laughs> oh, similar to like I want to okay. keep iter- keep iterating on that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. it checks out kind of with with what's going on here but yeah i think the ultimate messages are um are different which we can get into um but uh yeah just just you know pixar is kind of like the uh animation studio in terms that people think of for like the highest quality films in the united states and i think that has fallen off somewhat in recent years but has never really uh changed i think in terms of pixar being the go-to for for the these great movies and um I don't, yeah, I mean, I think Inside Out was one that really stands out. That was five years ago now. Um, Coco was, was wow. three years ago. 
I know. And so that was five years ago. Was, was, how is time working? Like well, yeah, that? that was that was the. I think that was, I think Inside Out was our first podcast at Overly Handmade, so you can actually uh, age that with the, the podcast. Um, but uh, I, I guess before we compare it to these other originals, just uh, what what potentially makes it different from other uh, Pixar movies? I I, I kind of noted the I think the adult lead, which I was thinking of like Pixar movies. There actually are a lot of Pixar movies kind of centered around either more adult voices or like families, like an Incredibles yeah. featuring like an adult. So it's actually not as much of. These... I would like, I would almost go as far and maybe this is a hot take, but I would say that this is not really like, this is a young adult movie. It's not like a children's movie in yeah, my that, opinion. Yeah. So you think it's not and, a, yeah, that, I think that's an interesting And I topic. think that's, like the biggest difference between soul and any other Pixar movie is that like every other Pixar movie is just so very much like targeted towards children. And I like, I, I mean, I don't remember any of the advertisement for this movie, but it just, after watching it, I'm like, this is like, this is intended for an older audience for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I feel like one of, one of my main uh, things on, uh, thoughts i had on this was i i think this movie is a little um silly and uh maybe like uh, here's a quip in the in the vein of a more typical well, kids and at times in a, a t- typical kids anime movie however i think there's so many scenes that are really left to breathe on their own which is really just a ground feel yeah, like a grounded yeah. adult drama That's well, what I was well and even like the sure. scenes that are like silly i think like it's more so that they're silly because we as adults like are like like the scene whenever like he uh what is it 22 is having like a breakdown on the street or whatever and then joe goes and gets gets them pizza like i'm like oh this is silly and i'm like but no it's not like (laughs) very real like yeah, I think I mean that I think uh, in terms of like the, the gags, uh, I'm, I'm definitely thinking of uh, tr- the cutaways to 22's previous mentors. Um, mm-hmm. But those are kind of adult jokes because they're references towards uh, I was gonna historical say, Those are all adult jokes. Though, yeah, so. but it's le- so I guess my point was like less about like kids versus adults more just like there are silly moments. But for, I, there, I feel like a large portion of this movie, it really lets the like the emotions, uh, real life emotions that the movie wants to dig into stand on its own. Um, and I, th- I feel like that's the one of the biggest reasons why this movie is so successful. Yeah. Um, like, there's a, and there's a lot of those moments, too, where, like, you just get to soak in what's going on. And I think that has the greatest impact in it. It's not like, go, 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 go the entire time. In terms of, like, is this a kid's movie, is this an adult movie? Comparing it to Inside Out, you know, Inside Out's centered on a kid in terms of, like, the yeah. the girls whose head they're inside of. But I don't know. I'm thinking back to the movies I want to compare this to of, like, the the heyday of Pixar. Uh, I feel, you know, I feel like yeah, Incred- Incredibles. Like, I don't think Incredibles ever feels like a kid's movie to me. Same with, no. like, a Wally. So I'm like, maybe that's why uh, I think this is one of Pixar's best movies in a long time. Because it, it, it is more of this kind of just serious... Uh, not even super kid centric film like some of those ones are. Yeah. I yeah. would agree. I would I would say that it it like it there's a better comparison to Wally than like others. Yeah. <laughs> um even like Finding Nemo is about like an adult man fish <laughs> <for the majority. laughs> right like, honestly a lot of pixars are about these uh going yeah. through 
the ocean. And Monsters, Inc. is about two adult employees. Like, they interact with the child, but they're the main characters. They're the main thrust of the movie. Yeah. No, I, I was surprised by that looking back. How many of these movies are about yeah, adult men? Kind of like, weird. kind of, yeah. I mean, most of them aren't humans, so that's the thing. But. Well, well, I, I, say, I think it's the fact that they're not humans that, like, we get. Like, we lose that distinction, almost, because... Yeah, I, like, I think that was a thing, I think, for a while. I was like, oh, Pixar hasn't done humans. And then it's like, oh, Pixar did humans in, like, Ratatouille or something. Or, I don't know, Incredibles. And, and now uh, and now most most Pixar movies are about humans, I think. Uh, I guess Onward, if you want to call them humans. Um, but, uh, yeah, how about, how about how does this stack up to other Pixar originals, which we've been talking about? So Onward came out earlier this year. We never talked about it on the podcast. Um, I... I I finally watched Onward recently. If you want to give a quick, <gasps> I have, quick I've Onward not thoughts. watched it okay. yet. <laughs> I know I, April, okay. April. I know you're a big fan of Onward. Yeah, I was. I was a huge fan of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I think the end is really good of Onward. Um, but overall, I think Soul, like for me, definitely is much better. Um, but uh, it, that there was another Pixar original, you know, in 2020, and then yeah. You want to go back to, to Coco? I think Coco is incredible. I don't think this movie is like significantly better than Coco, but personally, I prefer Soul, I think. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Then you got Good Dinosaur, obviously better. Inside Out. I mean, people love Inside Out. I think Soul is better than Inside Out, too. I, I think, think it depends on what you want from yeah. your movie experience. Because, uh, like... Going back to the messaging, the messaging is distinct for both those movies, but they are like they're they're giving you food for thought about different things. Mm-hmm. And Inside Out's like something that, like I I think we all like understand, you know, on a level like yeah, like it's important to let yourself go through like sad emotions. Those are just as needed and relevant in your life as good emotions, and like. You know, feeling bad isn't actually bad, and sometimes it's a part of the healing process. Well, it's where Soul's like, I mean, it's just <laughs> on a different, like, yeah, it's I a guess different... aspect of life. Cause... And I think it's something you need to remember more, especially yeah. once you're an adult who has like a full time job. And that's like what's so unexpected about the messaging. But like, honestly, I find that a lot more relevant to my life than inside out like like inside out's like oh yeah like that's right like i gotta let me well, still cry sometimes whereas like soul is like you gotta like really <laughs> yeah and I, I think the other thing well and like what's the other like difference is that inside out very much addresses like an emotional aspect of everything like you know being happy being sad like what like i think it does a great job at visualizing um like what depression looks like. And so I think that's like, that's something in and of itself, whereas soul is not just, it's about like life and like, <laughs> yeah. like finding those joyous moments first, you know, and, and like embracing being alive. So two totally different messages, at least for me. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Soul has brought even broader conclusions than Inside yes. Out. I think Soul yeah. is about as broad of a topic as you can comment on, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, yeah, not that not that that's necessarily better or worse. But I do agree it's going for different things. But yeah, I mean, I think in generally on on par with the quality of Coco and Inside Out, which is which is high praise, I think for Soul. Um, but yeah, I, yeah for, for me, like this is my my favorite Pixar film. 
since Wally. Um, that's my big take. Aww. Like going back that far. I mean, Wally. Oh, yeah, no, no, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. So t- t- 2008. I mean, Wally is my fa- my in my opinion the best Pixar movie. But I think it's the best since since Wally. I mean, up Pete Doctor. I mean, up's great too. So uh, you mm-hmm. want to put that right up there as well. Um, but that, I mean that that's that's really really incredible. because uh, I think Wally up Toy Story three. That was kind of the conclusion of the heyday of Pixar. And um, it's been a long time since we've had a, a movie that could potentially stack up to to the level of those films um but uh not that you know i think i think uh, we we probably yeah. said similar things about coco at the time as well but um i'm also very impressed with with soul well, I think for me at least like the thing about comparing it to coco and it has been a hot minute since i've seen coco but coco like there there was like a a main antagonist for that movie um, whereas like with Soul, there's like, there's no, like, there's like, literally like, yeah, yeah. Is, is, the is Terry the villain? Terry. Yeah, Terry's, <laughs> Terry's not even a villain. He's, he's, he's doing his goofy. job we and love he's Terry. like kind That's... of like a fuss butt about it, but like, he's fine. And I like that, that. I don't know. That's what I mean by like Soul just has like so much like food for thought that like you're meant to chew on afterwards in a way that I think like not necessarily um, some other Pixar movies handled quite the same way and left you like really pondering much after. I was going to say like other Pixar movies are very like open and then shut. Whereas like soul, like you said, like you have more to think about afterwards. Like even for me, like, like whenever I first watched it, like it was a lot to take in soul and so, and then the more that I ca- kind of like thought about it and processed it, I was like, no, this is a really good movie. So, <laughs> nice. okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what Soul ultimately has to say, um, like, and what are, what are its overall themes. Um, to me, Soul is in that cat. You guys can tell me that you agree or disagree. To me, Soul is in this category of movies that is very, like, at the core, just trying to comment on the human condition. Um, which all, all stories are, but some stories really want to directly comment on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like soul. So the, the messages I feel like that soul directly says there's this notion of the spark, the spark in the, the movie, this concept of the spark is not a purpose. This is directly stated at the end of the movie. Um, I feel like generally, uh, it can be pretty easily said that we're, the movie's trying to communicate life is not about finding, uh, like a deeper meaning. It's about appreciating living life on its own. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would agree with that. Like, I don't think that's a far stretch to say that that's what this movie is trying to get at. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff at the end that, that uh, is, is getting into that. The, the, the fish story I think is, is, you know, very much, very much about that. But, um, and this is, this is not to me like a radical notion. This is not something I haven't seen before in movies, like appreciate living life on its own. Um, that being said, uh, it is, it is still like a pretty subversive message. Like there's so much of, uh, of what we hear about is like, what's the, you know, what's the meaning of life? Trying to find, uh, things to uh, like, uh, give, give life meaning. Um, this is, this is still like a really common notion ingrained into our, our, our society and stuff. Um, so I think like, uh, it, it, this is, it still feels like very deep and very substantial. And, uh, any, any movie could posit this. I think it's just how about, how does it communicate it? Does it communicate in an effective way? Does it resonate? Um, and, uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I, I mean, I personally feel like the ending of Soul is probably its strongest stuff, um, the last 15 minutes or so. And I think that's all about this, this message ultimately resonating. I, I, 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I, I have I have other thoughts, but April, do you want to go ahead? It seems like he has something to say. No, go for it. Uh, one thing I really appreciated about how Soul handled its messaging, and this is something that, you know, sometimes... Pixar has been a little more on the nose for, you know, and, and sometimes that's great. Sometimes you want to know what they want you to think. And sometimes <laughs> that feels a little <laughs> forced. Um, what I like about Soul's approach to, like, this narrative is that they don't ever directly tell you how to feel about it. Like, there are moments where you're seeing Joe, like, kind of process how things are turning out. And, like, you're starting to realize what might be going on but it's never it's never cut and dry i even love the fact that we when he's given a second chance at life we don't know what he's going to do with it there's no guarantee that he's going to go back to being a teacher there's no guarantee that he's going to keep doing music either for himself or for a career yeah so like i i love that that's like because i feel like if you if they were to do that it would have started to kind of slant some sort of messaging into like oh this is how you achieve a happy life so they they avoid that completely by leaving it open-ended but there are moments that really just like really shook me like after he plays that performance you know he's like losing himself in the music and like the the woman he's trying to impress who's like a big deal like a huge deal and she offers him a chance to continue performing and after the show he asks her he's like what okay like what's next and she's like we're gonna come back and do this next night and like for the foreseeable future we're just gonna keep coming back to this place like he essentially he got what he wanted but it's it's like that and it's not like he says anything he's just processing that and realizing oh i've been waiting so long to get this and this is what it looks like but my life hasn't totally changed like i thought it would and it's very similar to like when he's in the barber shop talking to that guy and the guy when when Tina Fey's character 22 is like talking to him and they're having like a great conversation and she asks him like, oh, like, why didn't you ever tell me about your family before? He's like, well, you never asked. Like, I'm so glad you wanted to talk about something other than jazz. And you see Joe again, like standing there processing this. And it's the realization that like his like set, like his decision to be so focused on this one thing has kind of been a detriment to other aspects of what his life could have been. And like, again, they, they don't say it in so many words, but like you get like enough of that sprinkled over the course of the movie that it's, it's really profound in a way by the time it gets to the end and you really believe it by then too. So I just, I really love how that was handled. Yeah. I, I, and I, I would agree. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Go ahead, April. No. Yeah. No, just that. Like, I agree with that. And that again like I like that it's not like you know they're not like outright saying and then they kind of like trip you up too with the whole like oh like we're just trying to find 22 spark Mm -hmm. and like they just assume like that the spark is like that like one thing that you then have to be passionate about and so like just like sort of it kind of like made me think too like I was just like oh man like do you remember like whenever (laughs) like you were in school and they were like, you have to figure out what you you want to do with your life. Like, you got to mm-hmm. figure out, like, what 
where you want to be. And like, that's like a terrible thing to decide at 18 or even yeah. before then. And so I'm like, oh, I like this. Like, it's okay to not, to not just spend your entire life just focusing on one thing. Like you can find joy in multiple things. Like, yeah, like music brings Joe happiness, but like, why can't like just eating a slice of pizza do that too? So yeah, yeah. And uh, find not having to find uh, passion and enjoyment of like a specific thing and more so just finding it in life itself oh, yeah. um, and everyday yeah. aspects of, of life. And I, I do think like the, the framing of the story w- was like a perfect vehicle to communicate this message with Joe being this person who's like intensely passionate about one thing. And then also the thing that he's so intensely passionate about, I do think like jazz was really the perfect uh, way to tell the story. Cause I, I think a lot of us have this perception of jazz being like the most embodiment of passion and uh, like playing jazz and like improvising from it. Uh, it just, it just feels so passionate and meaningful and like lively. And so to kind of mm-hmm. subvert mm-hmm. all that and say like, it's really not it, that, that that's great, but it's not, it's it, it, that can't just be a one thing of, of finding uh, overall like uh, meaning and, and happiness in life. Um, I think uh, it's 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 a really great way to tell that story. I think there are other aspects of the way Soul communicates this message, which were very impressive to me. I think um, probably the, my my the first time I was watching Soul, like the the I was thinking about like what what is what's the ultimately is it going to try to say? How's it going to end? Um, and uh, you're thinking like, oh, is is this going to be some conclusion where it's like. He needs to. He, he's gonna say like, uh, "I'm gonna find meaning in teaching and imparting it right? to people." Versus yeah. right, and I think the movie leads to- you to think that it might do that. Um, but uh, like, is, well, is especially because it- he gets so excited about the idea of like inspiring other souls with music. Yeah, yes, and yes. like we've been primed for this. There are so many movies about like how it's okay to subtle, essentially, and like you're you're you can make your life great wherever, whatever kind of job you have. And that's kind of what the barber did. Even like he mm-hmm. talked about wanting to go to veterinary school, and then it didn't work out for very realistic reasons. And he seems, you know, pretty. I mean, who who knows how his life would have been better or worse had things worked out differently? But like for where he is, he. He seemed pretty okay with it, I guess. So, like, it does kind of prime you in a lot of ways to be like, oh, is he just going to be happy being a teacher and let go of his dreams and that's fine? But that's, we don't, I don't think that's eventually, like, what happens either. It's kind of like, it's sort of telling you not to put so much expectation into one thing. Because, like, what is it? I always think of, like, in um, Entangled the scene just before they like the lanterns go up she's just like like this has been my dream my entire life but i'm scared and and the guy's like why are you scared and she says because like what happens after this like this is all that i've ever wanted so Mm. yeah yeah that's that's like that's like after when he does the show yeah that's exactly like after it's like oh you finally got what you wanted but it's not what you thought it was gonna and and they even say that in tangled too there she's like what if it's not what i think it's gonna need to be and so like it it you know i think i think that's a good message to kind of put out there and everything like that and then also being able to accept like realistic i don't know everyday life (laughs) yeah and that's actually like it it can be very fulfilling and and honestly maybe it it needs to be 
because the alternative, like, because I'll I'll be honest, like Dylan's take made so much sense. When I when I realized what the message was, I immediately went to like, this is the most anti-capitalist thing I've ever heard. And I'm <laughs> shook that Disney's like going for it. And in a way, it also made me think like, wow, this is maybe the most directly I've ever felt like a creative team behind a movie is trying to talk directly to the viewers. Because, I mean, it is such a thing. It's very hard, I think, especially depending on what your career is not to like feel that grind of needing to put in extra effort all the time or to always feel like relevant and very good at your job or else like (laughs) you could get laid off or you know you could lose some of your like needed income um I mean it's I don't know it 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 feels so relevant for that reason too just because like you capitalism and corporations like they encourage and thrive off of you doing that very thing of just like spending extra time and turning things in faster and not having a life and not really living outside of your job because that doesn't benefit them that you do that. And so it's just, it's this kind of weird thing where it's like, wow, you have the clarity of that message coming through soul. And then you just look at Disney as a, a corporation in of itself. And it's like <laughs> terrifying to behold. But it's I do Disney like think it's, it's Disney. Like Disney's so big and scary now. But I mean, I do think like that's why it's like so nice that this is something kids are going to watch because like I just remember, I'm sure you guys like when you were a kid, you were told like you can be anything, just find what you love, your passion, like they talk about passion in this movie, find your passion and just do that and like it's going to be great. But the problem is if if you are like of the subset of people who happen to actually be able to do that, it's still kind of a trap because yeah. again, yeah, how do you how do you divorce yourself from that and find joy in other places when that's what you're told to always work for? So it it's really nice to see a movie that directly is like trying to take you aside and be like, look. There is so much more out there and you kind of need to acknowledge that to survive in the most meaningful way you can. Because if all you do is go to this job, that job's not always going to be there. And you need to be able to look back on your life and have other things to enjoy about it. Like that's what I was thinking when he um, was with 22 um, in the, like where you can see all stuff right from his life. And like you see him just like, on the couch and like all these things. But the thing that right. really made me sad was like a lot of those activities he was doing alone. And it's not like watching TVs like bad or, you know, having pie in a diner's bad. It's just that they were all so solitary. And I think yeah. that was the thing that ultimately was like the well, sad. Like he, he didn't have people in his life to enjoy that with. Well, and I think that like the saddest thing too was like, cause there was like that statue of him or whatever. And he wasn't even like playing the piano in that no. statue. He was just like sitting in an armchair and I was just like, oh my gosh, like even the thing you're passionate about isn't being like, like represented here <laughs> in a uh, statue of you. <laughs> yeah, it's in- yeah. It's interesting. And the way the movie pre- that presents is, uh, his memories, um, like I think we revisit some of them, and mm-hmm. um, he just appreciates things more at the end. Uh, just these these more mundane aspects mm-hmm. of living that we've been talking about. And yeah, and going back to like, is it about teaching? Is it about uh, pursuing his dream? And and the movie doesn't say it's 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 specifically about either or neither. It doesn't say that it's not yeah. about either. It's but yeah. it's just like more important than any of that. You know, is is appreciating um, and trying to find meaning in in living on its own. 
Um, and uh, well, and what is it like? Twenty two even says like. Well, yeah, I want to like be alive because I just watched your sad life and you still go <laughs> back to it. Like you're, you want to go back to it so bad. Like, yeah. and I mean, that's kind of like a jab at him, but like at the same time, it's, it, I mean, like, you know, it, it says a lot in that one sentence, like you're fighting so hard to get back to just this mundane ex- existence, but like that's, that's his mundane ex- existence. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I think as the movie goes on, he's, uh, he wants to go back in the beginning so much because it's this, this, this just singular thing he's pursuing, but at the end, he wants to go back to appreciate all everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of shifts. And, and the, the other aspect of how this was presented in the movie that I was so impressed with and this stood out more, I think, on rewatching the movie was, um, the, this notion of, um, it, it, the movie doesn't hide it. Like right in the beginning, one of the Jerry's says a spark, a spark is an inspiration. It's, they say that right in the beginning. It's yeah. not, a, they don't say it's a purpose. Joe assigns this Assumes. notion of a purpose yeah. to the spark. He's um, like, my spark is music. Like that is right, my like, thing. Like it, that's what my life is all about. Right. So it, it's like he, he is, he is assigning this notion that society is imparting in all of us to this this specific thing of a spark which is is never being told to him he's trying to like overcomplicate it and find a deeper meaning but it was never you know it was never about any of that and um just it feels so natural watching it to go on this journey i think with joe because we all have these same notions imparted in us and um we kind of default to these same things but it also uh yeah just watching watching kind of the the full thing it 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 does it it does feel really uh meaningful and uh i think executed in a really good way of of how uh how the movie presents it in the beginning and him getting back to it at the end um and and yeah just just finding meaning in everyday life uh like i i feel like i feel like it's a very studio ghibli message too um i think uh specifically um princess kaguya i think we uh the movie i'm talking a lot about recently i think it might end up being one of the uh might end up being one of the most uh influential modern animated films because it wasn't that long ago um also absolutely influential in wolf walkers the other big release this year but yeah i think (laughs) princess kaguya is the same exact message and uh so I, I I think uh it's interesting comparing how the, those two movies kind of tell tell this uh the story and I think Soul does do it in a much different way and still still like I'm still very struck by the conclusion and it feels very meaningful um but yeah I do think it's all about how it how it imparts it and I think uh Soul imparts it in a really interesting unique way and we can dig into some of those some of those aspects more as I will go. say that I think the other thing that I really like, I think the release of this was almost like perfect as well, because when you think about the state of the world that we're currently in and we've been living in, like, I mean, like, like Michelle said, like just seeing like everyday life taking place was just so very like refreshing, but it's also kind of like helps serve as a reminder, like, yeah, like the last few months have really like sucked but there's so much more to look forward to in the future. So I think that, like, I think that's just really nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I do think like, uh, given us being in a situation when we are deprived of many aspects of everyday life, a movie with a message of uh, we should appreciate everyday life more, I think is especially going to hit home. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Right now. I do think it's a good point. Um, yeah, at the end of the movie, he says he's going to live every minute of, of, of life. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, I do think it's, um, I don't think it's like on the nose, but I do think the movie is pretty clear in some uh, in in some presentations of its message, especially that last line. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, talking about, I guess some of the scenes, I want to talk about this, some of the scenes that maybe impart this in, in specific ways, some of my favorite scenes of the movie, I think in the beginning, he's, uh, when he's in, I guess when he's in the great before, he's looking back um, uh, with 22 on, on, on memories in his life. Uh, should be noted, very much super gorgeous movie in terms of animation, especially certain oh scenes. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. There yeah. was like one scene when he's like, they he steps outside of his house or his apartment or his place. And um, like you, you're looking at the sidewalk and then you see him step out and you see just his shoes and then it pans up. I thought that was like a real life person. I thought they were going to like switch it on me and it was going to go from animation to like real humans and then i was like oh no this is animated like still nice Nice. yeah i mean i think yeah i think a lot of everyday life stuff is 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 really gorgeous too and i I mean it i think that the unique styles the movie imparts um is also is is, it particularly stands out at least in terms of the more obvious things it's doing like right in the beginning of the movie he's like falling down um Mm -hmm. and uh just like devolves into the sketch style very cocky alike um and uh i yeah i think that that's super gorgeous um, in in general, the, uh, the the soul counselors like Terry and just in general all the the Jerry's, um, just the the style of, of love of, them, uh, mm-hmm. like love them, but like this this the art uh, art style but behind I, them, I think is really also, was really creative. I also love that they address that and they're like, oh, we just figured this was more like acceptable for humans or something, to, or like easier for them to mm-hmm. process. And I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, it's in it's, it's, it's interesting names uh, that we go with are the Jerry's. Um, I think Rick, Rick and Morty has Rick and Morty has ruined Jerry for me. So it's like, oh, really? All your names are Jerry? Okay. Um, Good thing we have Terry to bounce that out. <laughs> Terry, <Anna>. yeah. <laughs> Sweet Terry. <laughs> um yeah the, all the when, like when terry's in like the the, the library stacks or something like the, the style of of all of that um, there also there's like a the, and then at the end there's like a, a sandstorm um when he's saving 22 towards the end i think it's, it's yeah. a gorgeous uh mm-hmm. gorgeous animation there um but yeah anyway going through, through some of the scenes yeah looking back on that uh some of these real life scenes are really the ones that are um that that really stay with me. I think the barbershop scene uh, is is one of my favorites of the movie when he's talking with uh, his mom, um, and we kind of switch perspectives from twenty two to to him. Um, and and then yeah, like I said, he he looks back on everything uh, at the ends with his memories. So uh, I think um, th- there's a. I mean, and I was just going back to the beginning when it's like there's there's a lot of. Uh, time given to uh the the real life scenes i mean him him playing jazz several times uh mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of time given to those scenes um i don't know do we want to get into kind of the structure of the movie um in terms of how uh, uh in, t- in terms of how it's imparting its message um because uh we we start off in uh like with 10 minutes of of his everyday life which i, I was like really into all those parts then we kind of go Me to the, too i loved that and i was kind of i was kind of disappointed it's like okay then we're gonna move to this uh more uh magical stuff and uh but but we only spent like 20 minutes there right and then we're back back on earth with him as the cat um mm. which, <laughs> oh the cat which we can talk about but uh, I feel like that's probably the majority of the movie was he's the cat, uh, and but it's 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 in living his life and stuff, and then um, he's like back into his own body. Um, so I don't know. We, what we're doing to the cat. Is... Oh, the cat gets resurrected. They do the yeah. switcheroo yeah, with the right. cat soul. I think. Yeah, Michelle, what do you think of the cat in? <laughs> in <Soul? laughs> 
Why are good the cat? cats so ugly? Oh my god, I hate cats. I mean, part of me is like, I'm glad they went with such a unique design because, you know, you shouldn't just be stuck to one kind of cartoon cat. But that cat's eyes were way too close together. And its mouth and nose were so huge. It was like... I don't know. I I was not like loving the way the cat looked. I guess I was glad there was a cat in the movie, but it didn't seem like a very pro cat movie anyway. So I don't know the body swap stuff. Like I understand. I think why it was, was pro cat. I think the movie was. was uh, like a- didn't he even say he was like a dog person or something? Yeah, I don't remember. He like did say that. I feel like I'm not imagining. <laughs> the, th- I, the, the therapy cat was very useful, I think. And uh, like, I think it's, uh, I don't I know. Don't I don't... Way cuter, but it was fine. It was a fine cat. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I didn't think you'd say that. That's what I thought. I was like, it's not, not the best looking cat, but I thought you'd be like, all cats are beautiful. So, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, they are, but they're still like a, a scale. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I want to get into the the presentation of all the the movie's black characters. Uh, this is Pixar's first black lead, and uh, it is Pixar's first like black co director in Kemp Powers, uh, who does co direct and co write the movie. Um, and uh, you know it's a big uh, big development for Pixar because Pixar definitely has mostly white people, other than like Coco, um, throughout its history. Uh, and uh, we're, you know, after some, a lot of issues with the studio and, uh, you know, I think we're hopefully looking to see more uh, m- more diverse characters portrayed in movies. And I think Soul is, is a great um, – is, is, I, I, I was really impressed by how Soul handles um, the, like the breadth and depth of all of the black characters in the movie. Like almost every human character is black, uh, uh, portrayed by an amazing black cast. Uh, just I, it just does like such a great job of like displaying this community in New York, um, like from the barbershop scene to like his uh, his mom at the tailor. Um, and there's just like a lot of these side characters who, uh, although pretty minor roles, I think all are really distinctive, I think, uh, from uh, what like Dorothy Williams to uh, the, the barber to Curly. Um, I, I feel like they were they're you know like a lot of like really unique uh, real people portrayed by this movie, um, and then yeah. No, I was I, just saying. I, I was, I was I, gonna say the the one thing I was. I mean, I will say that is that I I really enjoyed. If you like pull up the cast list and like com- sort of compare it, like I kind of enjoy that a lot of the cast looks like like the character that they played looks like them. So I thought that was kind of nice. <laughs> well, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, probably probably some true of some of the the characters. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, and I think we had J- Jamie Foxx as Joe. I think he he does an amazing job. Uh, we can get, we can talk about twenty two uh, later, I guess, with with Tina Fey. Um, but uh, the other topic with uh, you know, the other topic I've seen a lot of people are talking about with uh, with Soul. A lot of people are worried that this movie would kind of play into uh, this this trope that we've seen from recent animated movies of there being like a black lead or generally a lead of color and their character being uh, kind of like relegated into a, someone else's body, kind of being taken out of their own body. Um, and I feel like Soul trailers maybe played this up, like because we don't really we see did. beyond like thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely worried that that part in like the great before would last longer, but I think it really doesn't. Um, 
you know, I think still that being said, he's in the cat. Uh, so you could, I think I've seen a lot of people saying that that still plays into this, this trope of, uh, like a black character not being allowed to kind of stay within their own body and live their life. I found a quote from Pete Doctor talking about this in an interview with Slash Film. So I want to I want to read that to get his perspective on it. He says, um, "This is about like the the part where he's in the cat." Uh, he says, uh, "On another, it was like, okay, I think I've I feel like I've seen this before." And as we did more research, research, unfortunately, there were so few films featuring Black Americans, Black actors in animation that it was kind of a cliche. So it's definitely something we were aware of. Beyond a cliche, it's it's kind of seen as like, "Oh, great, we're finally represented," and then you take it away from us. Our hope was in this particular way, we still get to, we still get to represent Joe's life. He's not in his body, but we're still seeing his body walk through all his spaces and interact with all the people that he does in his normal life. So it was a bit of a tricky thing to pull, uh, to pull off, cross our fingers, says Pete Doctor. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think we're super qualified to talk about this in depth. Uh, so your mileage may vary yeah. on how much they yeah. succeed on, uh, on, on subverting this trope in their own way. Personally, I did. I, I like. I was like happy to see Pete Doctor was thinking of these things, and uh, I, I did think, although he was in the cat, he was like right next to his body, still talking with all the people in his life, still in this black community. Um, I think that's. Uh, I mean, at the very least, like an improvement on like a Princess and the Frog, but uh, still, I still uh, might fall into this this trope for a lot of people. And uh, you know, I've I've seen both kind of opinions represented um, in in looking for reactions to Soul. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder because like once once you you kind of lock yourself into that decision where you're gonna have a body swap happen, then I mean, there's only so much you can do, I guess, at yeah. that point to to really be mindful. And it is true that like the the body swapping does like it it all is in service to Joe more or less for the majority. Like it, it helps 22 in the sense that 22 figures out what that missing piece is for their, their chest patch thing. So they can go to earth, but everything else is in service to Joe. And I understand the idea of like doing a body swap so that 22 could do the thing where like they literally walk in someone else's shoes and get that kind of new perspective and having such a fresh person interact in his life is going to give him a new perspective on how things could have been different which again like serves his greater goal um and 22 is interacting with all these people in his everyday life who are important to him i mean his mom's probably more important than the barber but like they're all people who see him (laughs) relatively frequently so seeing 22 interact with them in a different way like i think that is like when he starts doing a lot of his soul searching honestly and that like in and of itself is like it makes a lot of sense why they set it up that way. I think really it's it's more about the casting for twenty two, honestly, that makes this more uncomfortable, less the body swap in general, I'd say. But again, yeah, where we have limited perspective on this. So I was gonna say, yeah, it's 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 hard for me to really I mean, form an opinion about the topic because I'm not I mean, I'm I'm a white female, so. <laughs> yeah, so we don't need to get it. Uh, yeah. yeah, we don't have to get I into mean, it too much. I think we presented I, I definitely, it. And... I definitely, like, understand where it could cross into that territory, for sure. And, like, why people would be upset. Especially if that's, like, a, con- like, it's obviously a trend, so. 
Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of what Michelle was talking about in terms of the story decision behind the the cat body swap is what Pete Doctor was talking about in that interview. So he's like, we we was like, he was like, we we thought this would be perfect for the story, and so right, yeah, so, right, yeah, yeah. It, which so. which it, it kind of does, like in a lot of ways, like it makes a lot of sense. If if it was really important for them to avoid it, they could have restructured everything. Um, I think, but uh, you but- know. Yeah. Sure. I, I it's it's uh I think you can always make different high level storytelling decisions, but that that I, is also true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. At the very They've least they, they, they were thinking about this, which I I was gonna say I, I will say that it's nice that at least like it was like being thought of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like instead of just like doing whatever and then being like, Oh, I guess I did that. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, how about more into 22? Uh, Michelle seemed to be criticizing Tina Fey as 22. Um, is it just that, like, she, you know, she's like a, a white lady in, in his body? Is that kind of like, or is there a specific issue uh, with, with the presentation of 22 in general? I mean, I no, I, I think I think it's just I, I don't think Tina Fey was the optimal choice for this role. Um, and especially, I think, just because. Tina Fey outside of like there's clearly a lot of probably white voice actors going on with like the Jerry's and Terry but outside of that like everyone in Joe's life the majority of them if not all of them are are people of color so I I think this might have just played a little different um if somebody else had boys 22 and i get that they they're they're seemingly aware of this because 22 makes that joke early on about like oh well, i sound like a middle-aged white lady because it's really annoying haha but it's like yeah but like that's you're just making one joke is that really reason enough to just have this character the whole movie um i've seen people give takes that like maybe they use tina fey because they they still wanted to you know, they didn't want to forget about that white audience out there to have a character for them, I guess. But I don't know. I think especially for Soul, because so many other characters were already not white. Like, why not just not make 22 a, a white voice actor? I mean, how hard, how hard can that be? I don't know. I just I wonder how it might have played differently because it's it's like a part of the. It's a part of that relationship, just like having those two voice actors cast. Like, I don't know. I think it it, it would have at least felt a little different if they had cast somebody else. Yeah, that's interesting, and I think that's fair. I, th- I would assume I that was... they cast they cast Tina Fey because they thought she was good for the role. I mean, I think at a base level, we should assume. That. I thought sure. I thought she I, was I thought she was say, very good I as honest, Twenty Two. I honestly didn't even know, realize that it was Tina Fey until after I looked up the cast list, and I was like, "Oh, that's Tina Fey," because really. I, I mean, I and and this may just be my opinion, but I felt like T, Tita Fey did a good job at it. She, yeah, I don't. I don't think she sounded yeah, exactly she, like Liz. Yeah, London. I don't. I think, think that was good. White woman. Yeah. Like she sounded very like gender neutral because I never like was like twenty two she twenty two he twenty two like I was always just twenty two they. For mm-hmm. at least for me and my uh, opinion, yeah, no, I well, so I, I think they did call twenty two she. Um, like I do they, think they 
They have that one line that Michelle referenced. Uh, so, like, I think I think it's real. That not that that line is really nice, and it was funny. And it's uh, like in terms of both like gender and uh, the the like presentation of the race, of the character. Like, I think uh, it really helps a lot of that. But it also, like, it really is just one line. Like, uh, yeah, and, and it's still Tina Fey voicing twenty two the whole time. And yeah, I do think we we gender twenty two as female, even though it's supposed to be uh, non binary. Uh, twenty two is supposed to be. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think in general, like, I, I totally, uh, see that aspect of the in, in terms of playing into the specific trope and in terms of tina fey uh going into his body but i think like in general with the character i did i, I you know i i did think uh th- this I, I thought she was like pretty good is this what do we think of 22 as like a character in general does anyone have strong opinions about 22 they're stubborn <laughs> that's very true well and i oh what is it i i think that 22 was a good like sort of like up like oppose like the chemistry between 22 and joe worked very well because they're kind of the same but also not like because 22 like sort of like for thousands of years has made it made it her purpose to not like go to earth you know what i mean and so they become very stuck in that, like, well, I have to do whatever I can to not go to Earth, whereas Joe's like, I have to do whatever I can to become this great jazz musician. And so I think that they, like, play off of each other very well. Like, 22 is literally a child. <laughs> I mean, yes and no, in a sense. It's interesting that they're, like, pre-children, and yet they are, like, uh, adult-like in their yeah. vocabulary well, and, and I think, knowledge. I think- I think it, it it is it is noticeable that twenty two is more like adult like versus the other like yeah I guess twenty two specifically has been alive for forever. yeah that's a real life experience yeah because like the rest of them were still very like I'm gonna say the word babyish if that makes sense like very childlike yeah that's probably what they're going for twenty two is in theory like the twenty second soul created ever yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. like they got into billions with the current yeah. souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. In general, all of the afterlife stuff, very good place vibes, right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very I, regimented, I, very controlled. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, like, that sort of depiction of, like, pre-life and afterlife kind of thing. Um, like, I like that, you know, like, oh, the, like, the little souls are being ushered around and like, oh, you three, go be arrogant or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Like, the notion of like a great before I think is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And then and even like the what is it? Like the great beyond. Like I love that it's still like very like up in the air. Like you don't know what's going to happen kind of thing. So, and I think that yeah. that also like speaks a lot to like the movie's whole like objective is because you know, learn to appreciate life because even we don't know what's going to happen afterwards kind of thing. So <laughs> We're not going to make a- right. We n- we never see the great beyond. We never see Joe's life after. You know, like yeah, I mean, a, lot, a lot of things I think are left very very vague in terms of that. Um, but I think it serves the, like it serves it well, like to yeah, keep I think it so. vague. So I, I, I agree. How about t- uh, Terry and the Jerry's? More on that. I love Terry. Oh I my god, Terry was standout. Great. <laughs> I'm like upset that Terry's such a standout because this is Joe's freaking movie. Why is Terry <laughs> so good? I I I'm conflicted, but he's wonderful. <laughs> but I also enjoy like the Jerry's, just sort of like, I guess like they're like, yeah, we'll give you this award 
to yeah, appease you. Yeah, that's yeah. That scene was the best with Terry. That, like, this award that I requested. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> or like, what is it? Like Terry's like the numbers off, and they're like, okay, well, you're the numbers person, so go yeah. figure it out. Like, yes, we're not gonna do anything. Yeah. T- Terry's very and, smart. The way they handled Terry is masterful. I think so. I think Terry's like great and stand out, but definitely doesn't overshadow anything. I think uh, no, Debbie, she, 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 she's only in a few scenes. So I, I think like uh, we get we get the appropriate amount of Terry probably yeah. um, but in, in before uh, Disney is, is wants to spin off Terry and uh, to their oh, own God. show or something. <laughs> That's what happens nowadays. Also, uh, I, I don't know why, but I was very shook to find out that the Jerry's were all voiced by different people. <laughs> yeah, there's I a few that. different voice you actors. You can yeah. tell like they had different like, like afflictions in their voice yeah. and everything but they all sounded so similar and i was just like how is this like okay cool <laughs> it just felt so like so gender fluid and i just ah, uh, it made me happy i was like that's nice yeah you give them whatever pronouns you want i don't care i i think i think the the, the soul counselors are better uh, non-binary depictions slash uh, any yeah. other sort yeah. of uh Non, non-cisgender yeah um but yeah why is terry named terry and all the other ones are named jerry i don't understand because terry they're is short. so different it, yeah, terry definitely looks much different prickly. yeah yeah <laughs> is that how terry chose to look or is that how the jerry's made terry look oh, oh i wonder so mm. age-old question terry mm-hmm. definitely evokes a like short middle-aged woman librarian like uh <laughs> I don't know. Is Terry female? I was reading Terry more male the whole time. I mean, Terry, again, Terry's like, voiced what? by a woman, but I don't think oh, he should. Really? I, yeah, Terry's voiced. I, I was very surprised oh, to find so out that Terry. Was I don't. I don't think she's. Woman. I don't think the, the character. I don't think they're supposed to be gendered. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And un, uh, yeah, unlike twenty two, I don't think they have pronouns probably. Um, but I would have to. Uh, yeah, they only call each it. other by their names. So yeah, they, I think so. Yeah. Which which uh, yeah continues the weirdness, the otherworldliness of them. Uh, how about how about the, the the spiritual souls? I think Moonwind is another potential standout character here. God. Uh, <laughs> they grew on Moon. me. At first, I was like, "Who is this?" Moonwind when Moonwind's twirling the sign uh, is it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That was so. That was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I I do think they grow on you a little bit. It's a, it's, it's yeah. a weird concept of uh, them just being like different spiritual people throughout the world. And then also mm-hmm. just this notion of the lost soul and then that realm where you get lost in. Um, I think there's like a lot of vaguely presented well, and kind I love, of mythology. I love that it. there's like, it's like a good, I think that also sends like a really good message about the lost souls. Like you can't get too lost in what you're doing. Otherwise, like you mm-hmm. sort of lose yourself in that. So I think that's another like really good message that they're sending out. Like, yeah, it's remember- good to be like passionate and to like find yourself really in tune with something, but then you can't like stay in it too long because then your perspective, like, it all goes, it goes away from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember Alex was saying like he thought it was a really good visual for depression. I thought that was interesting because like I'm more inclined to agree with April. I think like yeah, the losing yourself doesn't necessarily have to be in something that you perceive as negative, like depression. It could also be losing yourself in something you think is really worthwhile. But or the issue is over yeah, but the issue remains the same. Like if you throw too much in one basket, that's a recipe for like future you disaster probably. So I like that it's kind of vague, but it also it's it's like broad enough that it can apply to a lot of aspects of life that maybe we could have a better 
like <laughs> grasp on. Yeah. yeah, I think probably encompasses all of those things. Yeah, um, and I think Soul totally could have dived more into that, into Moonwind, into the other aspects of this mythology. But it re- very much like it's like ninety minutes or a little bit less before the credits, uh, yeah. and it keeps mm-hmm. it really tight and focuses on its message, like first and foremost, and about Joe's life. Um, I, 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 I think I, I think I think it's all handled really well in, the, in that. Yeah. Aspect. I mean, if they wanted to have, like, a really kind of, like, goofy movie, then they're probably, like, they could have had a lot more of, like, Moon Wind and the Spiritual Souls and, like, all of that stuff. But I, I think, think it that's balances what they were there out. for, too, right? Yeah, because, yeah. like, some of the realism is, like, a little sobering. So I, I feel like that must be why Moon Wind and, like, the ship and just everything is there. Because it is, like... A, a like you know a, a breath of relief and release from kind of pondering these bigger life questions in a but way then that's it like also... oh go ahead oh go ahead no no I was gonna say but then they they also sort of serve as a vehicle in order for Joe to get back to twenty two to sort of like rescue yeah. them I guess they're pretty yeah, yeah, they're like, very much portrayed there's a purpose, purpose on top yeah. of that which is a relief because like. When I was first watching it, I, I got a, I will admit, I got a little frustrated the first time I saw the ship come because I'm like, where are we going with this movie? <laughs> happening? I don't want to spend the rest of the movie here. And I think that frustration came from, you know, stuff like Lilo and Stitch, where like I kind of feel like, and I don't think this is a hot take, maybe it is. Like Lilo and Stitch is great, but the parts that are great are all the parts that aren't about all the alien nonsense. Of the ship coming and all that. Like, the greatest stuff is, like, with Lilo and her sister. And just, like, seeing them just, you know, be on the island and have their routine and, like, you know, fight the way sisters do. And I do feel like Disney kind of struggled with that plot on top of, like, the zany or alien plot. And maybe they shouldn't have tried to combine both those into one movie. This seems like a better version of that, where the stuff that's a little lighter and maybe, like, a little more fun for kids, like, it actually ties more more concretely and believably into the main overall story. So not only does it like help give you like a breath of relief, but it also makes more sense by the end of the movie culmination, which is great. And I'm, <laughs> I'm glad this has happened. This is what you should do. Don't be like Lilo and Stitch. Okay, I didn't expect Don't the Lilo, the Lilo and Stitch takes. Um, I can't <laughs> respond to them. So uh, <laughs> I have no so response. I will, I will say, I think in, inside out, like to me, uh, like I, uh, a lot of Inside Out is this like journey. I don't remember specifically. That, yeah, uh, it's like yeah. okay, let's go on this quest to do like it. Like mm-hmm. and all all movies like have to have some story like that at its core. And, and this movie, it's probably like okay, they're the cat and uh, the person, and it's like how do they like? But it, it doesn't. This movie to me uh, versus other Pixar movies or other Disney, it doesn't feel like there's like a a core like silly story. Um, like like there are parts to that, but they're all very much in service of of the ultimate message and about the plot that that uh, it feels more significant beyond any sort of narrative basic narrative structure um, behind it yeah there's no like fun lighthearted musical number where everyone lets loose and i'm so glad because that shouldn't be a mandate for yeah. disney anymore. we don't yeah. need to see i mean not, i don't think any of these are musicals i guess um the no. pixar ones um but uh, yeah, when are we getting Soul the Musical? That could be the next Disney <laughs> Plus show. Oh, gosh. Um, the jazz okay, so musical, yeah. Speaking of music, I loved the music in this movie. And I think that it was so appropriate that he Joe was obsessed with 
jazz music because jazz is like it's random it's all over the place i don't feel like i heard the same like song twice in this movie so i i really really enjoyed that yeah i think it has great music both in its score and uh in the the jazz songs that are are Mm -hmm. being played by joe and uh and the, the jazz band that he's a part of so um yeah a lot a lot of great things with music and you get there's i've read stuff on how like they like very like lovingly created like he's playing all the notes that are being played and they're doing these like really detail-oriented shots of him him playing jazz there's a lot of uh fun fun information out there about that um and uh yeah i was gonna ask like that's a good any other aspects of the movie you wanted to talk about more the music it was great i'll just continue i mean yeah though it was very like um jarring at the beginning whenever the like school band is playing and it's just horrendous <laughs> as a middle school band would be yeah very realistic <laughs> i was like uh i hope this is the whole time <laughs> i think uh it's it's all right by john batiste plays it though over the end credits i think that's a great song um yeah and overall i think there's more to dive into on the the score i think of soul too could could get a best score nomination i don't know um that would but, be uh, nice yeah that'd be that'd be nice yeah so i it's just uh, in terms of oscar i think do you think soul is a, a best picture chance uh we'll oh for see, sure but, i would hope so uh, yeah yeah we haven't got one since toy story 3 about an animated movie oh wow best okay. picture um but uh hoping for that in general best animated feature i i was talking of wolf walkers wolf walkers and soul two of the best ones in several years in terms of american animated movies so it's a really strong year and we haven't seen uh the studio ghibli movie that's coming out yet so um that could be another really strong one as well uh but yeah very exciting anyway uh anyone watch burrow the short that uh came out alongside soul i i wanted to but i might yeah. not have watched this on disney plus so i didn't i have How not been dare. able to I mean, watch it doesn't, burrow yet. It, doesn't it doesn't play save. before you have to like click somewhere oh, else it to do it there? it's yeah, like in the he- it's like the next it. like headline item but uh oh. it, they don't play it right before yeah i watch no. it it's cute it's yeah. cute bunny, cute animals. Yeah, it's oh, got it nice animation. It's really cute. I was it's excited that it wasn't 3D because that seems kind of like not normal for them for the yeah. shorts. Like they've always yeah, been. Yeah. The, the animation was very nice. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, they probably should have put it before the before the movie tradition. and then had a, had a yeah, skip short a, button like they could have done that why would they yeah. Put, yeah come on disney plus yeah. they, they at least featured it uh, prominently but yeah it yeah but right if before. you're not watching it through the most best means <laughs> you miss most out pe- i think most people are watching it through the, me- the best means you know you watch that bunny first yeah yeah it's it's I need but a very lighthearted. But you know what? That also makes sense that it's featured afterwards because afterwards you need that lighthearted content. Yeah, you can watch. You could watch it after or before. That's true. You could do it. It is net. Yeah, maybe people find it after. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. That's that's uh, Michelle. Anything else about Soul? Uh, I I want to say when there were a couple moments when they were kind of showcasing how he would get into the zone of playing where it just like was him and the piano and the lights would kind of form around him. It almost looked like, you know, Northern lights. And 
One, it reminded me of, oh God, is the rat's name Remy or is that the human's name in Ratatouille? You know what? I think it's the rat's name. Oh, thank God. Okay. So when Remy would eat food and he'd describe like the tastes and textures as like these moving lights, you know, it very much reminded me of that kind of like visual representation for how certain things like taste or feel. And I thought it worked really well to even just like it, on a level how he he kind of had to figure out how to play in the band with Dorothy. Like she wasn't going to tell him how he had to figure it out. Like if jazz yeah. is all about improvisation, he had to figure out how to take the notes she was playing on the sax and make that into an actual piano score. And then he just kind of ran with it. Like that's that's challenging stuff to freaking do. So I do appreciate that the movie was showing like he has a lot of like raw power here and he is he is very good at what he's doing and he's been doing it for a long time. So even if we're we have this message about like don't put all your eggs in one basket, have a life outside of your work. They're also still like taking the time to show how good he is because he did spend a lot of time like working on stuff. And that's not a waste like that's still like a significant thing that he has to show for his life. So I, I appreciated that. Also, I I really liked that, you know, that they weren't placing judgment on, you know, what's the right thing to do with your life. Because, like, his mom brings up a lot of good points about how she really wants him to take that teaching job because he'll get health benefits and security and maybe a 401k. And, like, all these things are things that, like reasonably people should deserve, you know, in their adult lives. They, these, these should be human rights, frankly. So I like that it wasn't even like, she wasn't wrong to want that for her son. And she brings up a good point later when he's talking directly to her about like how, you know, he maybe he didn't always feel comfortable in the relationship to be honest about why he cares about music because he knows that she doesn't want him to be like his dad. She like explains to him why she's like, how do you think your dad was able to be a full time musician? It's because he had me to have a full time job and this business to support him. And I'm worried about you because I'm not always going to be here. And I want you to have like a backup plan. And that's a very reasonable thing to want for your kid, frankly. So I well, and it, it, I, yeah, I was going to say, it goes, along, it, well, it goes along with, like, the whole, like, like, the illusion of, like, it's, like, bringing, bringing, like, the reality of, like, oh, yeah, that was your dad's dream, and that looked great, like, up front, but when you, like, looked at the fine print, like, you yeah. didn't see, like, X, Y, and Z taking place, so, and you forget about those yeah. things. Yeah, so, I really like that they, you know, they, they, it's not like they were on Joe's side or on the mom, like they were on it. The movie was on everyone's side. It was just yeah. like, look, these things are complicated and you, it's not wrong to want to balance what's practical with what your heart screams that you should be doing. And I thought that was handled really well. And then his mom was like, she like got it when he was telling her like, mom, like, this is like this is really what I want though. Like, even though you've explained all that, like, this is still what I want. She was there for him. She yeah. got him the nice view and she came and saw him play and she cheered him on. And I was just like, oh my God, this is Number great. Number one. Well, not just the mom, but like the other ladies. Yeah, the, the ladies. Shop. Oh my God. The, the, the other ladies in the shop were amazing. And when he like smooshed her on the mouth because 22 doesn't understand how like social things work. And she's like, oh, you can come back and give me another smooch after. I was like, Dude, wow. 
This is fantastic. I love that the other lady calls her a cougar, and I was like, yes, she is. <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of the, like, seemingly random people, like, not directly related to Joe, that they flesh out, it's just really nice to see. I said the same for Curly, too. Like, I really got endeared to Curly, and he wasn't in that much of the movie, but he's a great guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with all the minor characters. I agree with all these all these points as well. And also, how dare I forget uh, Linguini? Uh, how dare we forget Linguini? I don't even know if you know who. I forget for... who that is. Who is that? Yeah, I'm not explaining. How dare <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no, it's the it's the kid in Ratatouille. It's the the guy. Oh, his the name is Linguini. Oh my god! No wonder he forgot. It's a crazy name for a child. I think it's his last name. Yeah. Okay. Um, is his name really Alfredo Linguini? We need to revisit. Oh <laughs> we need to revisit <laughs> Ratatouille. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, April, any uh, other soul thoughts? Just that. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it, especially after I had time to process it. And I'm glad that. So for me, um, I'm glad that it wasn't very triggering for me, if that makes any kind of sense, just because of all of the like existentialism and things like that. So that's good. So that's that's an April thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I think totally could be people could have strong reactions to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's that's good. Yeah, interested to see seeing how a lot of people are reacting to Soul um and yeah i think i think we covered a lot of a lot of good things about the movie very uh very happy to to have seen soul and been one i'm gonna definitely revisit again um and uh yeah any any comments you can leave us uh, with thoughts about soul anywhere find all those places at overlyanimated.com um and starting to wrap up uh can consider supporting us on patreon patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to our current patrons especially our patron podcast danny and thanks as i start patron executive producers ryan steve beatrice Hume, michael needle and phonician um we will be back in two weeks um also i guess uh when this podcast being released the ghibli movie is gonna be out in japan but we won't be talking about that i think until it has a u.s release in some capacity so very exciting time for all these animated movies um yep be back two weeks thanks for listening guys we will see you next time bye bye bye